you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the League Podcast. Openly fears Papa John. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. How about that intro? <laughs> you, ha- you happy with that one? No one needs to know that I, it took me seven times today <laughs> to get that intro correct. You're like an unholy amalgam of Rick Ann Keel, Steve Blass, and Mackie Sasser. <laughs> it got real. Chuck Knobloch. I think you were feeling the heat from my intro the other day. I think so. I think the pressure was on. Greg stepped in on Friday. That I felt like not so much Chuck Knobloch. I felt like Keith Olbermann's mom who got hit in the face with a Chuck Knobloch throw one day behind what? the behind first base. Yes, true story. Olbermann's mm. mom. On purpose? No, she you know, threw a ball over Tino Martinez's head by about seven feet, hit her right in the face. Mm-hmm. Keith Olbermann's mom. Um big day today. Big day it is Win Wes's toaster day, and I don't know if it was a little bit of gamesmanship from the boss Greg Rosenthal, but Wes wasn't even aware the podcast was starting. Was downstairs while we were up in the studio. Wes kind of got caught off guard. We had to call him and say, "Hey, Wes, we're about to start the show." Greg, was that on purpose? Let's start right there. I'm not confirming that, but I, <laughs> I'm, I don't I like mind that. that it might have him a little unsettled and suddenly has to run in. You know, it works. It's been out. a bizarre morning for me. Why is that? Well, I'm on uh, another writer's... Um, oh, right. <laughs> Jeff Perlman, the writer of uh, several books, including one of my favorites, The uh, Bad Guys One, about the 1986 Mets, has a new book out about the Lakers. Wes, you offered some constructive criticism that maybe Jeff Perlman thought came from a weird place or maybe a <laughs> snide place, and then he went after you in a long blog post on his personal website. It was it was a peculiar exchange. I uh, complimented his book to all of my followers on Twitter. Said I loved it. Um, advised people to get it. Told people I couldn't put the book down. But I just told Jeff, you know, I love Showtime, but <laughs> but I'll buy you six, you know, six high octane beers if you never again start a sentence with why comma. 
Hmm. You know, that, that, that. which is an anachronistic kind of thing that your grandpa might have said in 1947. Why, Charlie, he's a nice guy, you know? Yeah, and Jeff Perlman took took exception to that. And did you guys smooth it out? Because he seemed pretty upset on his blog. I uh, I tweeted him back after I read his blog piece this morning, told him I thought it was fair, that I had no problem with anything he wrote. But he, I didn't hear back from him. I understand where he's coming from. I, I I was kind of joking around when I sent it to him. I didn't think he would take it as an insult, but um, he did, and I understand where he's coming from. Nobody wants to hear from another writer that they're, that they're well, not doing something right. But it annoys me that sports writers in general are the most thin-skinned group of individuals on the planet, and yet we make a living out of critiquing and talking about other people doing their jobs. Mm, fair point. Uh, this is interesting, though, that this is what's in Wes's headspace right now. He has this issue with a fellow writer in the medium. He I think has... it'd be more accurate to say he is the issue with me. Okay. Gold standard behind the glass. <laughs> so we have that as a subplot with Win Wes's toaster coming up later uh, in today's show. Gold standard, very nervous, obviously. He was in charge in, of finding contestants. And now the moment of truth has arrived after his, let's be honest, let's be honest about this, your failure, the la- your first time. It was time dire. Around. Yeah. It was dire. Let's not talk about it. So, I doubled up on deodorant today, though, because I'm sweating <laughs> bullets out here. All right. So that is that will be in the back end of the show. But we promise that the front end of the show and even the middle section, Wes, will be well worth listening to today. Uh, we're going to uh, dip into the mailbag, the ATL accounts mailbag, um, and we will also... Uh, then play the toaster game. But before that, why don't we do some news, Gold Standard? Let's do it. We start with Deshaun Jackson, who uh, continues to be now the biggest story in free agency. He is by far the best player currently unemployed. Uh, he has Now a- that Pat Sims has signed, I think we can <laughs> safely say that. Pat Sims off the m- market. Obviously, Cumbie, Jeff Cumberland came off the market <laughs> long ago now. So Deshaun Jackson is right at the top now. He is in Washington Monday meeting with the Redskins. Uh, the Raiders are said to be interested. It's believed the Bills could be a player in this. Gentlemen, where are we right, n- right now with this situation? How do you see this playing out? I think the Redskins have to be considered the favorite because he's in their building right now. And they're the only team that's really taken a tangible step towards recruiting him. Well, we know the Raiders are very interested in him, and it sounds like those are the two teams that are most likely to get him. And now there's these reports, mystery teams are out there. You know what, you know what the mystery teams are? They're an agent, you know, whispering, trying to get other teams in the mix. I don't put too much stock into the mystery teams. I think the real question is which of these teams is going to pay Deshaun Jackson like a true number one receiver, like the Eagles used to. And to me, they both would. Yeah, I think if if he gets out of Redskins headquarters without a contract, that makes the Raiders the favorite. That's fair. Because the Bills have said, well, there's a report from the Buffalo News that the Bills are interested, but they're unwilling to get into a bidding war. Why not? The Bills are a franchise that really, to me, needs a shot of adrenaline. This would be, uh, obviously, there would be some risk involved with Jackson. Depends on who you talk to, how much of a risk the guy actually would be. But to me, the Redskins make a lot of sense. You could take him from a division rival. You add another weapon for RG3. The Raiders, obviously, that makes a lot of sense. A team that is still starved for uh, star power, even after they're spending. The Bills, to me, are the team that maybe I feel like they need to look in the mirror 
Doug Whaley, Doug Marone, look in the mirror and say, we need to do something to put ourselves on the map and maybe start building towards something again. I would love to see the Bills make a hard push. It would add to their track team-like wide receiver group. But I don't know if they really need another vertical guy. Not that they wouldn't benefit from having Deshaun Jackson on their team, but they're building up that offense slowly. I don't know if he's really that great a fit there. How come the Carolina Panthers aren't in the mix? I don't think they have enough money. Hmm. Uh, Gettleman wants to get right against the salary cap this year. He compared it to a credit card situation where the previous regime racked up all this credit card debt. And he has to get back to un, you know, to solid ground before he can make any moves. Well, I like the Redskins getting Deshaun in the building first, and they don't really have the cap room, but if they sign Jackson to the money he wants, they'll probably give him a signing bonus, and they'll start pushing all that money and the pain into the future. They've and never it, done that before. And it's back to the Redskins being the Redskins. <laughs> they pretend like they learn anything, and let's, let's get back into it. What could possibly go wrong? Greg did, did not come out of the chair there, but it was close. Did you know that the Raiders, <laughs> Raiders fans – Basically hijacked Twitter on Saturday with a DJX to Oakland hashtag. I love Raiders fans. Really? Yeah. They, Bryce Gustafson, one of our social media gurus down in the newsroom, he and I were working side by side, and he was just he was aghast at how the Raiders were trending. DJX to, to Oakland was trending for over 24 hours straight as the number one topic on Twitter. Wow. I made some joke. Like the Raiders fans, you can you know say positive things or negative things. But you can definitely say they travel in bunches. I say, you say one crack, some stupid joke on Twitter, and suddenly you get every Raider handle in the world just <laughs> killing you for about a day or two straight. I blocked at least 40 of them last week. <laughs> I, I have Scar on my side, the Raiders' number one fan. Right. So I feel like that's put me in the good graces of the organization, so I'm not going to be critical of them right now. It's, that's a good move on your end. Thank it, you. It's weird to me that there's so many different ways to spell Raider for life. I swear <laughs> 50 different people have responded to me with different, like, Raiders for, for life. And just you got to love it. Um, one team I don't see in our rundown we have – what would you call this, Greg? This would be kind of our, our running tab of our what's tracker. going on. A tracker. It's the Chris Wesseling tracker of Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Well, metrics gold for Chris Wesseling. <laughs> I don't see the Cleveland Browns on here, which would be a first this offseason for a player not to be tied to the Browns on some level and be described as the Browns are also checking in on the situation and are lurking. Not here. I think they already have one controversial wide receiver. They mm. probably don't want another, especially with a first-year head coach. Yeah, maybe they're one of the mystery teams. And it looks like it looks like my Jets are not going to be in the mix. The Glacier, John Idzik, it doesn't sound like, according to Rich the Media of ESPN, that uh, the Glacier is interested in bringing in another potential problem child. <laughs> Everybody had them right away on Friday as a team that was interested, and then Manish actually reported. Manish made uh, of the New York Daily News reported friend of the podcast that John Idzik was not among the general managers who contacted Deshaun Jackson's camp. Well, yeah, uh, Idzik is very interested in Jackson and he's going to get around to calling him in a couple of weeks and see what see what the situation is. 2017 he's going to give him a call. He's going to say, "Hey Deshaun, remember me?" No one by the way took the Redskins. Uh we played a game of go get my sandwich. Yeah, I heard that implied. and I really enjoyed it on Friday. Yeah, and uh no one picked the Redskins. No one picked the Bills. And so my pick of the Raiders right now is looking pretty solid that I could have some sandwiches coming my way. I think the 49ers might be one of those mystery teams. All right, I'll, you take them, I'll take the race. We shall see. Speaking of the Jets, Chris Johnson, the Tennessee Titans running back, who's still a member of that team, but that doesn't seem to be uh, for too much longer. The Jets are said to have 
some interest in the run and in, in the running back, according to NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. Of course, the Jets have Chris Ivory, who was a nice player for them last year, but he's also be, been injury plagued during his career. Put Chris Johnson next to Chris Ivory. I kind of like that. Chris Wessling, all Chris's. <laughs> what do the Jets need on offense? Number one, I would say speed, right? Playmaking ability. Sure. You could say Chris Johnson has that as much as any running back they can get on the market. So mm. that seems like the best fit to me is the Jets. Even more than Tommy Bohannon? Tommy Bo? <laughs> the fullback? Yeah. <laughs> Big fan of Tommy Bo. What about Mike Goodson? What's he up to? Uh, he's still on the roster despite uh, lots of problems Isn't in New York. Isn't he coming off an ACL tear? And, and legal issues. And Bilal Powell's still on the roster. I think Billy's that's, not a bad player either. Let's be fair. No, I no. think he's okay. They... That's not a bad situation for Chris Johnson. That's the sort of situation that I see him fitting best into, where he's just one of the guys that's going to get 150 carries. Don't put it all on him, and yeah, maybe it'll work out. He does. He can't get a job somewhere where they, he can get more of a commitment from a team. I think he might. From who? Name it. Didn't you do the landing spots? I did, and they're <laughs> dropping like flies. The Falcons said they weren't interested after Jim Wyatt of the Tennessean, who had covered Chris Johnson for the past six years, listed the Falcons as his favorite to sign him. But that's not going to happen. Cowboys, he wouldn't be the feature back there. I kind of like to see him in Denver. Mm. But even then, he's going to be splitting carries. I don't think there's a team out there that's just going to hand it over to Chris Johnson, which is going to be a humbling annoying moment for him because I still think he's at the point where he believes he's going to get paid big money. The only running back in the NFL to rush for a thousand yards in each of the last six seasons and hasn't missed a game in five years. Sneaky durability, Chris Johnson. Yes. At, at the you toughest. Give him that at least. You have to. He's, he is the most durable running back in the league by far in terms of consecutive starts. Yes. Some news out of Cincinnati. Andy Dalton was on Sirius XM NFL radio on Monday Said that the Bengals and the the Bengals and the quarterback have. Uh, <laughs> you do still say Bengals. Well, you know what? I keep it real. It's all I can ever do. Uh, the two sides, the quarterback and the team, are in contract talks. This is the quote from Andy Dalton. I want you to picture some like really heavy grinding Christian rock behind me as I say this. There have been talks about it. There have been a couple of proposals sent over and different things. We're working. Hopefully, we can get something done. I'm not done. I'm not too worried about it. I know in the right timing, everything is going to happen. Obviously, everyone would like to get something done sooner rather than later. Andy Dalton believes he will be a Bengal for life. I think the most interesting thing about this situation is that Mike Brown clearly sees it as a dilemma. He's, he used that word, dilemma. He actually talked about whether he wanted to extend Dalton, lose his competitive advantage of only paying a million or two a year hmm. for a quarterback, and whether he might just draft a quarterback instead. He he actually talked about that. Then Marv Lewis came out a day later and said, yeah, we got to get this guy taken care of. We need to get him extended. Mm. We need to build around him. We need to surround him with talent. Just a bit of a schism there. You, you're saying nice Rex schism. and Idzik aren't the only two executives not seeing eye to eye. Mm. That sounds like the case to me. And from what I know about the Bengals organization, Mike Brown usually gets his way. And and it doesn't sound that bad of an idea, Mike Brown's idea. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> what's what's the hurry? Right. If Andy Dalton needs to just run and take that proposal. This is one of those proposals. Don't mess around negotiating. Take it now before you have a terrible 2014 season and no one's offering you anything. 
on a semi-related topic, how what percentage of the league would you put um, the GM and the coach actively dislike each other? We wouldn't know about it, but actively, yeah, like not passive aggressively, but they just but they're, they're it's known at each in the building throats. that they are not on good terms because you think it's kind of a volatile relationship, uh, GM and coach. Twenty percent, one out of five teams. I right. would say even lower than that. Five teams total. See, you, you did the math. Greg, yeah, 12%. If, Greg, if you would have come to the draft day premiere, you would have seen the heat between Dennis Leary <laughs> and Kevin Costner. It's it's real. Story like, that's got to be true. I just figure if if it's really that bad, then someone's going to get fired sooner than later, unless, unless you're winning a ton like in San Francisco. Some good logic right there. Um, what's the word? Vermistletude? Vermilistude. Oh, Vermilistude. <laughs> Varus Militude. Let's just Varus, pretend this never happened. Varus Militude. Varus Militude. Varus Militude. Yeah. Great, great, <laughs> great part of draft day <laughs> is when Dennis Leary rolls into Costner's office and I believe lights a playbook or uh, draft studies on fire and drops it on his desk. Jen Garner, the cap expert, rolls in. Spoiler alert. Fire extinguisher extinguishes the blaze. I like how you just demonstrated that fire extinguisher move with your thumbs and forefingers. And Real vermesolitude. Right. Why did, why did you need <laughs> that word for? that you don't know? Oh, because it's realistic. Nicely played. So. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, before we get to the toaster, why don't we dip into the mailbag? Uh, the gold standard behind the glass. I don't know if there's some type of sound effect you could come up with for Someone going to the post office, or this is maybe something to work on for the future. Yeah, no, I have some good. experience in this department. What would be a good? What would be a good drop? A sound drop for this segment? Uh, the guy from Mister Rogers, Speedy Delivery. And he, remember him? Oh, that's showing my age. <laughs> no, no, I watched that as a child as well, but I don't remember. Didn't he announce Speedy Delivery as he was coming? Speedy Delivery. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. This is where the generation gap breaks down because I did watch Mister Rogers, but it's sort of a Mister Rogers versus Blues Clues things in, ter- uh, Blues in terms Clues, of male yeah. motifs. You know? gotcha. I don't know anything about this Blues Clues. You don't speak worry of. about it. Neither do I. But the kids. So that's a task for you, Gold Standard. Although everything's on hold right now until we find out how it goes with your contestants for winning. Might not talk. be here. You're sweating. Yeah. I can see the glass right it's now. Awful. You're nervous. When I was in the post office, the sound effects was usually a shotgun going off in the newsroom. <laughs> <laughs> 90s postal <laughs> service joke. I love it. What? Uh, how long were you in the postal service? Two years. Quit right before I was due to get my own route. Mm, that's tough. That's like, uh, I don't know what that's like. Quitting right before you get promoted to offensive coordinator, and yet you just passed on all the all I that did. luxury. I had been doing the ass <laughs> end off of everybody's route in the, in the projects, and I couldn't take it anymore. And then I saw how miserable everybody there who was a lifer once mm. you get kids, you're stuck because the benefits are so great. Right. The pay's pretty good. You got security. Your family relies on A lot of magazines. On... I feel like you just take people's magazines. Oh, man. I was, there were a few days I was stacked two or three feet high with magazines in one arm. It was, a, <laughs> it was miserable. I have respect for postal workers, but I will say that I have an <laughs> uncle that I'm very close with that has <laughs> what? Nothing. I'm just qualified. Go on. Go on. Um, that, that I'm very close with has worked at the post office since about 1982. And there's a running joke within my family of my father asking my Uncle John, how's everything going at the post office? And then my Uncle John goes to my dad, Keith, I told you to never ask me that. (laughs) (laughs) That sums up my two years. Yeah. Just imagine staying there 30 years. I just like the preface, 
I have all the respect in the world for people that work at the postal service because you know immediately coming after that is something that's going to be disrespectful. It's not an easy job. Or maybe it is, Wes. But there's a lot of politics behind the scenes. I've had conversations with you about this. It was uh, the most stressful job I've ever had, mm. and um, which is odd because it's also, uh, of every job I've ever had, the job where I use my brain the least. Mm. Interesting. Well, we might have to have, once it really bogs down in terms of <laughs> in news content, we might have to have a whole U.S. Postal Service podcast with you or really dig in on why there are some people that end up going crazy. I'm sure Newman will be tuned into that one. <laughs> I love it. More 90s jokes about the post office. <laughs> All right. Let's dig into the mailbag. Uh, we'll start here. I've actually touched on this, but I'll throw it out there again now that it's a couple weeks later. This is from Mo- Martin Wired. Uh, are there any early contenders slash favorites for the official 2014 ATL team, or mm. will you stick with the Panthers? We are not sticking with the Panthers. Panthers are out. They have raised our ire. Yes. Well, you never know. What if What if uh, they just caught our fancy again back in August? I'm not ruling anything out. I want to enter August and early September with an open mind to anything. But I think odds, that's a good way to look at it. The odds on the Panthers healthy. repeating it seems very small. I don't think I've ever chosen my team for the year until after the draft. When did we choose the Panthers? I felt like that wasn't until September. Oh, yeah. It was I think it was September or, or it was like a month early October, the season. maybe. Yeah. Should we add to the level of difficulty and try to pin a team down and get behind them starting week right one? Right now? No, but you know, by the end of August. Now, I want sure. to watch them a couple times. I thought we were going to watch them, and you get a little feel. You see who might catch your fancy. I feel like it should be an organic process, not something pressured by our listeners. Just taking <laughs> shots at them. You know, why are you Jeff Perlman, Perlmaning our listeners? It's not right even now? a shot. I'm well, just explaining that I think it works better when it's organic. Well, I think it's fair to say that it, it's more likely to be a team that isn't one of the five favorites to win the Super Bowl. That's probably fair. Yeah, I, we're not going to hop on a favorite. Right. So maybe it's a team, a young up-and-coming team, a team that doesn't get a lot of attention. I don't know. You know, like could be Cardinals could be one. Maybe they should have been the team last year. If it wasn't for Carson Palmer, I might already have them locked in. The Chargers were sort of my backup team of the year last year. Uh, maybe that's over what with. What if Carson Palmer pulls a Phillip Rivers this year? Hmm. We know how much you loved Philip Rivers last year. Wait, you're saying – I don't think that's – I think Carson Palmer did that last year, and now is the year where Carson Palmer turns back into Carson Palmer. <laughs> he was second in the NFL in interceptions well, last year. He did all right. How about the – Could would it be allowed to choose one of our favorite teams as as the team? Could the well, Browns or the Lions? Could the Browns or the – I mean, though, could as a group we cho- choose the Browns or the Lions, let's say. I could see the Lions. I'm not going to root for the Browns. I, the Browns are poison, <laughs> let's face it. You know, until they prove otherwise. Well, if they drafted Johnny Football, that would change Ooh, my whole Johnny Football. It. it depends where he goes because he he. What if he goes to the Vikings? I mean, it is easy yeah. to eliminate some teams. It's like the NFC East. See you later. Yeah. we're not jumping on any of those teams. They're gone. Uh, Packers have been too good. You know, it could be like a team like the Buccaneers. Uh, they've been in my, in the back of my mind. Yeah. The Bucks, that yeah. could Buccos. be one good bounce back team potentially. It it could be a team that has almost no personality too at this point, like Texans or Titans, where it's just all of a sudden you're starting to think they're frisky. You know what I mean? When, Getting a little squirrely. Get, yeah. All right. So basically, the answer to the question, <laughs> uh, Martin, is it's wide open and it's it's a ever evolving 
uh, question in here where we're, we're thinking about it, but we won't have a decision for several months, most likely. Moving on, Mark Thompson at uh, Marcus2604. Marcus with a K, by the way, unusual spelling. ATL mailbag. Even though the gold standard... Oh, this is for you, Zach. The gold standard behind the glass. What? Yep. Even though the gold this standard... Is a, this is allowed? ...isn't a NFL fan, <laughs> what team does he support? I have no idea the answer to this. You, that hurts. Because I've revealed that I'm a, I'm a Packers buff. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Right. Dan that's doesn't true, listen yeah. to other people on no. the show. <laughs> no. I, I had no idea that you were a Packers buff. I was enchanted fan. by Dorsey Levens. I once child. gave, oh, I once gave him grief about it. The uh, Packers heat? You gave on him? the show. Yeah. yeah. Well, he actually was trash talking me a little bit, I remember at one point. Was I at this show? Yeah. So right. the team. So in the early two thousands or so, you plugged yeah, in. It was, uh, it was actually the Super Bowl year. It was ninety six. Uh, was a very yeah. Nothing wrong with liking Dorsey Levens. That's a good pick. Thank you. And you've Dorse start- the horse. Yeah, Chimura, the whole gang, <laughs> bring them all back. And do you do you follow the team closely? Would you say not that closely? I mean, I've I've followed the NFL much more recently, um, and I kind of just. I think I'm becoming more of that that dreaded TD like figure who are black tie for those who listen to right. podcasts, uh, who picks players instead of teams because like uh, Johnny Football coming to the league, I'm so excited about that. Gotcha. So, yeah. Speaking of listening, sitting in as a producer three times a week, let's talk about percentages again. How percentage raise risen in terms of knowing the NFL for you since doing this podcast? I think highly, but there's probably like true like bedrock knowledge <laughs> gaps that I have so like I know like names like Greg Hardy you know what I mean and I can fake my way through that kind of a conversation <laughs> but like someone one day is going to throw out a very obvious thing about football that I don't pick up on mm-hmm. but yeah really enjoyed it Been can great. you tell us what a three technique tackle is yeah um let me try really right? so like if you have a if you have a three four defense well, let me start there. I'm, uh, that could be wrong, Go. but let me get through that. Uh, so you have three guys on the line. It's the tackle who plays between, like, he's lining up against four guys. <laughs> it's the tackle between the two interior uh, offensive linemen. Is that wrong? You're you're sniffing around there. Uh, it's, it, the three technique usually plays in a 4-3 defense, and it depends which gap you're penetrating Got on the it. offensive line. Okay, right now. Trying, guys. I got to read more books. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> you know, Wes, this isn't your day to be asking questions, you know? Oh, sorry. Uh, they're coming to you. All right, finally, this is a question to Wes. Who runs the faster 40, Chris Wessling or Papa John? I'd smoke that dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could run a 5-4. Have you? Uh, I don't know. Papa John, have you factored in his potential supernatural abilities? Well, yeah, I mean, if if I was forced to stare into his eyes for a while, I'd never make you it off not the finish line. Look, Papa John in the eyes. Well known. Greg is uncomfortable, visibly. No, Should Greg doesn't think I can run a five four. Are you uncomfortable that that Wes says he can run a five four, or that we're talking about Papa John? I'm comfortable with everything, but I <laughs> but I don't believe Wes could run a five four, which that's pretty quick. I think he could do it. I think Wes is a good athlete. I know he is actually. And I know he's got a bad shoulder right now. He's got a bum wing. I've seen I've seen the NFL media crew run some forties in Indianapolis, and some of the younger, somewhat athletic ones, they ran them, and they weren't running five fours. They were running slower than that. Even the fast ones were slower than that. We're a slow people. <laughs> a slow race. You're probably right. Everybody overrates their own forty time. 
Yes, everyone. It's true. Everybody thinks they're faster than they are. Um, all right, gentlemen. We'll dig back into the mailbag uh, when Sessler gets back into town because there were some Sessler questions that I didn't feel were um, were right to have him without him. Mark's on vacation for He's the week. He's in the desert. Him. Yeah, we should have said that at the top. Mark is going to be out of the picture for the whole week. Is that correct, boss? That's right. So he'll be back, and we'll get back into the mailbag when he's here. Now is the time, the gold standard. I'm ready. All right. So Chris Wessling, I wish I would have done some research before we get got in the studio today on your record, but I think we played the game roughly five times, win Wes's toaster. Sounds about right. Um, you have – there was one controversial game where it appeared that you lost, but you had actually won. Other than that, it's been a clean sweep where you, there have been no questions about who the champion is. If Wes loses this challenge, this game of skill and valor, he has to give up his toaster to a fan, an ATL podcast fan caller. The gold center behind the glass, it's been up to him to find contestants over the past week, and now he's done it. And let's not, get into it. It's what? not just any toaster. Right. I think people have oh, to know. Greg, explain to the people. I, if you want to get a piece of toast in the morning and you think, <laughs> hey, I'd love to have an NFL logo on it, this is the toaster for you. But then if you wake up the next day and you want a different NFL logo on it, you're feeling it's more of a Titans day, you can have that logo. It imprints all 32 logos into your piece of toast, and, which is pretty amazing. And by the way, it is... This is literally, literally one of a kind. This is not a, a it's no product. longer for sale. We this didn't know that sale. when we first started the game. We thought we could replicate this, but we have looked on eBay and other sites. We cannot find another toaster that imprints all 32 teams. Sometimes the powers that be want the Around the League group or myself to talk up or sell some other product or, you know, series or something that's going on within the group. And, you know, yeah, you feel weird about it. Maybe you I fully believe in this toaster. It's one of the best things the NFL's ever done. This <laughs> <laughs> All right, and since Mark isn't here, Mark Sessler, uh, the Sizzler, has always been the timekeeper in Win West's toaster. It's a it's a job that he didn't take for granted. It was a job that he felt was a responsibility, and I thought he's always handled it with grace. And now that job falls to Greg Rosenthal, who just recently. Um, has kind of fallen in love with the game when Wes is toasted. I wouldn't say that. I'm definitely rooting against Wes. I think this is the day that the toaster and this game I feel like the gold standard has probably lined up some kind of football genius today. I'm not feeling as confident as I was the last few Ooh, times. I like it. Going to have to wait to find out. All right, so why don't we get somebody on the phone, Gold Standard? Let's do it. I haven't studied my stadium since last time. <laughs> well, you better hope that I don't have it. That sounds like a Stadia. Stadia. Nice. Stadia is correct. Vers- versimilitude? Verisimilitude. Verisimilitude. That's how you say it. Verisimilitude. I don't even know if you used it correctly, but I don't really know that word. I think so it I means truth, I don't right? know if you would or not. It means realistic. It's realism. I love the word. All right, the gold standard. Who do we have up first in today's game? So today we have a, a gentleman who, in the underground circles of NFL trivia, goes by Big Mike. Oh, Big Mike. We talked about Big Mike before the show. Big Mike, as he goes by uh, within the NFL circles, is a big Jets fan. Is that correct, Mike? Big Mike? That is correct. That is correct, Dan. And you have been to a game that I was at as well, uh, I believe. Is that true? Yes, I think we were both at the same game. And that is what game? The fake spike game. Yes. Mm. Fake spike, November 
1994, Dan Marino's fake spike against the Jets basically set the Jets in a tailspin that took them three years to recover from. But that's good. That gave that gave you and I character and all other Jets fans. That's one way to look at it. Are you are you familiar with the game Win West's Toaster, Big Mike? Yes, I am very familiar with that game. All right, and and I would I'm just curious. One out of ten. What is your level of confidence in taking down West, the mailman? Seven. Only a seven because I respect Wes. Ah, Interesting. I like this. We've struggled to get contestants that can challenge Wes, so now we're going with a new tactic, intimidation. (laughs) Gigantic (laughs) callers, Big Mike. Big Mike. So Big Mike Mike knows the rules, but we will go over them real quickly if you're a first-time listener to the game. I will ask Big Mike six NFL trivia questions while Wes is out of the room in a soundproof booth, and then at, he'll get 60 seconds to answer it. Greg is the official timer. And then Wes will then come in, sit down, and answer the same six questions. Whoever gets more correct is the winner and gets the toaster. If there is a tie, it comes down to the clock and who got the answers quickest. So, uh, Big Mike, just know when you do get through, just to say stop the clock so Greg can know when to shut it down, and we could use that as your final score. Great. All right, let's do it. Wes, be gone. And there goes Chris Wessling, the mailman. He's walking out of the room, the mad scientist. I feel like we don't get enough use out of the soundproof booth for the rest of the weeks. You mm, know what I that's mean? That's true. We should start just it's putting each of, other in them. It's a big production expense. Like if someone – you know what we should have? Like uh, verisimilitude if someone <laughs> mispronounces that into the soundproof booth. <laughs> anyway. All right, Big Mike. Um, Greg, at the start of the music, we will begin. Gold standard. Let's do this. Who was the Lions' head coach in their 0-16 season in 2008? Bobby Ross. Who was the Saints' leading receiver in their Super Bowl season of 2009? Marcus Colson. Who was the Panthers' kicker whose out-of-bounds kickoff led to doom against the Patriots late in Super Bowl 38? John Casey. The Jets took this quarterback three picks before the Dolphins selected Dan Marino in the 1983 NFL Draft. Ken O'Brien. Who is the leading rusher in Oakland Raiders history? Marcus Allen. Name two active NFL quarterbacks who are Heisman Trophy winners. Robert Griffin. And, uh... Manning. No, he's not a Heisman Trophy winner. All right. Stop the yeah. clock. Stop the clock. Damn it. Fuck, I said that. All right. You got four correct. That's excellent. That's pretty Thank good. You. you got a chance. You uh, only had a couple seconds left, so if it came down to a tie, you'd be so in trouble. So it's four and 57 seconds. All right, the gold center. Let's summon the mad scientist. little pressure on Wes this yeah, time. Yeah, but we can't let him know. All right, Wes. <clears throat> As Wes sits down in the chair, Big Mike, I cannot tell you. I know, Wes, you always want to know what your competitor <laughs> I always got. try to trick you into telling me. And I will not tell you. But just know that you need to compete. But that would not change no matter whether Big Mike got six or zero or something in between. I remember compete. when I walked into the room after Saskatoon went, and yeah. you told me I needed to compete then, too. Yeah, that's true. Saskatoon but famously. had one or he had zero. <laughs> that was one for Saskatoon, the last game, yeah. All right. Big Mike, you sit tight and listen in. And at the start of the music, Wes will battle for his toaster. 
Who was the Lions head coach in their 0-16 season in 2008? Was it Marinelli or Morningwig? I'll go Rob Marinelli. Who was the Saints' leading receiver in their Super Bowl season of 2009? Marcus Colston. Who was the Panthers' kicker whose out-of-bounds kickoff led to John doom? John Casey. The Jets took this quarterback three picks before the Dolphins selected Dan Marino. In Ken the O'Brien. Who is the leading rusher in Oakland Raiders history? Marcus Allen. Name two active quarterbacks who are Heisman Trophy winners. RG3 and Carson Palmer. Stop the clock. That is six out of six for Chris Wessling. Got to get these questions even harder, I guess. Big Mike, four out of six. Great, ba- great job by Big Mike. You really did put up a great fight. But Wes again was—it's a dynasty right now. Big Mike. Yes. I'm sorry that you you fell short, but it was quite an effort. All right, thank you very much. And Rod le- Marinelli was the coach there, huh? He yeah. was. The answer was Rod uh, Marinelli. Yes. At least uh, you gave a battle. This is Dan somehow works it in such a way that. <laughs> Wes always keeps his toaster, but now he at least has some competition. See, he thinks that's good for ratings or whatever. This is the perfect way. I don't think those were cupcake questions. What a naysayer Rosenthal is in this case. That was a great battle by Big Mike, and Wes came out on top. Wasn't that right, close. Congrats, Wes. Big right, Mike, congrats, thank Wes. you for listening, and uh, thank you for trying to win-win Wes's toaster. Gold standard is, is floating right now because— what? That was a that was a good competitor. Yeah, I feel like Don King right now. <laughs> it's like I keep the money maker with the crown, but we gave him a good fight. If, that is if a great you're life. satisfied with that performance, you need to have higher goals. I mean, he, he <laughs> lost when my parents he say lost... to me literally every night. Greg, <laughs> Which so... ones did he miss? He lost by twenty one. First of all, if it was a tie, it took him forever, and he lost by two. I mean, that's a big gap. He got Marinelli wrong, and then he only got RG three on the uh, Heisman Trophy. Winners. For think... the record, these are the Heisman, active NFL quarterbacks who have a Heisman: RG three, Cam Newton, Sam Bradford, and Carson Palmer. Peyton Manning never won the Heisman. No, that was his second one, but he realized he was wrong right after he said it. Um, but Greg, you understand that 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 made for excellent, excellent podcast. When you uh, it's like a basketball team winning by twelve. It's not that exciting. <laughs> when you previewed these questions with Greg, how many did he get, did he get right? Oh, I don't know. We didn't. We don't do it that way. Oh. Yeah, we don't do it that way. I uh, think I would have gotten those. The 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 toughest one was the Heisman. Just thinking it off the top of your head. All right, so you're not out of the woods, Wes. Uh, you're not out of the woods yet, Wes. You have one more contestant. Uh, the gold standard behind the glass. Who do we have? Who's next? We have a, a gentleman who is a Giants fan. Actually, so we've got a Jets and Giants fan today. This man's name is Dan. Big Dan. It's sort of bizarro world version know, of you. This, this is, is great. <laughs> Can he pronounce ver as militude? We'll have to ask him. Okay. I won't because that's a hard thing to say. Similitude? Verisimilitude. Varus Militude. Varus Militude, that's it. <laughs> no, there's a Varus Militude. All right. We should hire the Gyrus Bird Guide to say <laughs> Varus Militude. Yes, we should. Dan, are you there? Gentlemen. All right. Oh, I like is. the attitude. Confidence. Yeah. Dan, where are you calling from? I am calling from Niles, Ohio. Niles, Ohio, a Giant fan. How did you become a Giant fan if you're from Ohio? Uh, um, I, uh, <laughs> I started watching football when I was five. Um, giants were good that year. 
If you they, uh, if you were in Bengals or Browns country, you, you'd root for another team too. Yeah. Well, actually, my mom is a big Bengals fan, but um, I don't know. I just uh, kind of latched on to the Giants. They uh, that was the year Norwood missed the kick. Yeah, ninety. So yeah, that that is the thing. If you are if you are a fan of a New York team, if you land the Giants, what a blessed life. If you end up with the Jets, you're you're in a bad you're in a bad way. That's me. But you've had a nice life, Dan. But now it could get even greater because now you are playing for Wes's toaster. I know this is something that's probably been something of a huge life goal for you. Correct? Uh, number one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Do you know the rules of the game? I think so. All right, Wes. Dan knows the rules, so that means we're about to get this thing going. Wes is heading back. Now he's got that swagger back. We ha- I thought we had him on the ropes earlier. Well, Big Mike, the intimidation didn't work, so now we're going with young blood. I think Yeah. I think you're you're Dan, you're half Chris's age. If you were five. Uh, That's not really true. Oh and keep in mind also, Dan, that Wes played once already today and went six for six. So he's he's hot. He's like the M- NBA Jam character that's on fire. <laughs> so that's what you're up against. But good luck. Best of luck to you. Uh, let's get to it. What Pro Bowl wide receiver set a franchise record with touchdown catches in seven consecutive games in 2010? Um, half. Bill Belichick served as the defensive coordinator for two teams before being hired as coach of the Patriots. Name those two teams. The New York Giants and Cleveland Browns. Whose 65-yard punt return for a touchdown as time expired beat the Giants in a 2010 game dubbed the Miracle at the New Meadowlands? You had to do this to me. John Jackson. (laughs) Name the Titans' tight end who threw the lateral pass in the Music City Miracle against the Bills in the 99 NFL playoffs. Frank Wycheck. Who is the NFL's active leader in sacks? Uh, Jared Allen. This Pro Bowl wideout finished the 2008 postseason with 30 catches for 536 yards and seven touchdowns. Larry Fitzgerald. Do you want to go back? Yes. What Pro Bowl wide receiver set time. a franchise record? Time. Okay. Out of time. I would have said Steve Smith. Okay. Wouldn't you have wouldn't have gotten right. it anyways. That's fine. All right, buddy. You got... Uh, Three out of six, not okay. bad. All right, so just and you hang picked b- up some tough ones yeah, there, you so you get it. Right. it was a little tougher. Here comes Wes heading back into the room now. Wes, in a unprecedented move, I'm going to tell you how the contestant did. I don't believe you. Yeah, you're right to not believe me because I'll never tell you <laughs> what the prior contestant did. Maybe let's do it. We need something to end this streak. No, he needs to change it up. Always assume. That six out of six, because it might have actually happened this time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Greg's shaking his head no. <laughs> yeah, it's not go. giving away much. Here we go. Greg continually undermining <laughs> what is, by all counts, one of America's great games. All right. Gold standard. What Pro Bowl wide receiver set a franchise record with touchdown catches in seven consecutive games in 2010? Calvin Johnson. Bill Belichick served as the defensive coordinator for two teams before being hired as coach of the Patriots. Name those two teams. Giants and Jets. Whose 65-yard punt return touchdown as time expired beat the Giants in a 2010 game? Sean Jackson. Name the Titans tight end who threw the lateral pass in the Music City Miracle. Who is the NFL's active leader in sacks? John Abraham. 
The Pro Bowl wideout, this Pro Bowl wideout finished the 2008 postseason with 30 catches for 536 yards and 7 TDs. Larry Fitzgerald. Stop the clock. Boom. Five out of six. Calvin Johnson was wrong, wasn't it? That was wrong. Wes keeps his toaster. Dan. A nice battle. Yeah. Dan had three. Oh, nicely done. Dan. There's only one question you guys both got wrong, and that would be what Pro Bowl wide receiver set the franchise record with seven straight uh, games of touchdowns? That was Dwayne Bow. In 2010. Oh, okay. I would not have got that. Dwayne Bowe went That's a sneaky question. Crazy. Nicely done. Yes, thank you. You have 15 TDs that year. Yes, and um, unfortunately for Dan, the active sack leader, John Abraham, I believe, has 132 sacks. Jared Allen, who was Dan's guest, I believe has 128 and a half. So very close, but not the I only leader. knew that because uh, I saw that stat somewhere last week. There you go. All right, Dan, thank you very much for uh, a, you know, a valiant try, but this, again, was Wes's day. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Well, you know what? It's It hurts to send these people away downtrodden because you could hear the hurt in their voices. Hey, you talk about this like it's America's favorite game. It's so uplifting, and yet we send away two people miserable every time. <laughs> Listen. It's supposed to be about the listeners. I think it's a tremendously humbling experience because I get all these tweets flooding in about, oh, Wes, he can't. Nah, he, he can't do anything against me, and then this it, happens. It's it, a nice life lesson. It's funny that it's Dynasty Week. What's the One lesson? Week. Don't mess with Wesseling? Conduct yourself humbly over social media. That's there a great you go. We teach all our kids that, right? Yeah, this is the last week of Dynasty Week for NFL Network. They're ending it with – who are they ending it with? Cowboys. The Cowboys. Next week it should be Wes for when Wes well, is faster. I, I think I might need a longer uh, winning streak here. I feel, I feel like you're in a pretty nice role. Anyway, so that is it for Win Wes's Toaster. This edition, Wes, you're keeping your toaster. What are you going to do with it? It's going to stay months? where it always is, the oh. bottom drawer of my desk. Wow. Waiting for someone to come get it. Ooh, so we, that's just a challenge. It's unopened. It is unopened. Excellent. All Con- right. Convenient. That wink gets to keep his precious game on <laughs> in perpetuity. Um, listen, gold standard. Great job today, by the way. Thank you. Don't that let means a lot, don't guys. let Greg get to you because he's just upset because he's pretending he doesn't love the game. He does love the game. <laughs> Dan saying great job at getting B minus contestants. That's what we're looking for to keep it entertaining, but to keep he just the game insulted alive. Insulted Dan and Big Mike. Yeah, right. they were both great contestants. Great. I thought they didn't win. All right. Well, what well, maybe next time? And that's it for this podcast. Today's edition of the ATL podcast. We will be back on Wednesday where we will cover all the news. And uh, whatever else is going on in the league, and maybe we'll get into more about uh, Wes's history as a government worker. Who knows? <laughs> it's all in play. Civil servant. That's it, a civil servant. Uh, but until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for the mailman, the boss, and the gold standard. Until Wednesday. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room of... <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 